Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly, no fluff, data first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from Figures, and I have five highlights for you today. And we can start with our monthly report on the most downloaded apps for May, which we released early in the week. TikTok was the most downloaded app in the world, again, with more than 68 million downloads in May across the App Store and Google Play based on our app intelligence. Facebook's trio was right behind it, so we have Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp, followed by Telegram to round up the top five. This is a pretty familiar list if you've been following these over the last few months. And for the most part, not much has changed. The one I'm keeping an eye on is CapCut, which is TikTok's video editor at number nine. The niche it's disrupting is pretty big and ready to fight back to keep its revenue. We saw that happening with Visco a few weeks ago, and I bet you will see it again. Overall, app downloads rose by about 7% in May over April. But now comes the big test. Apps have become the go-to for pretty much everything over the last year and a half, in part because of their convenience, but mainly because there was not much else to do. Now the restrictions are being lifted entirely in many countries. The question of whether this unstoppable demand will subside as we go back to having other things to do is kind of the main question. And will download subside because of that? I don't think so. Habits are very hard to break and reaching for a phone for almost everything being at shopping or watching sports or conducting business calls is so integrated into the daily routine of so many of us. I just don't see that changing. And I don't see that changing because ultimately it's pretty convenient. There's not much wrong with it. I think this trend will continue. And I think Apple knows this as well. And that's why they released all these new marketing tools for developers that are coming soon in iOS 15, which I talked about in yesterday's special episode. Next up is Peacock, NBC's newest streaming app. It will be celebrating its first birthday next month. The app launched at a great time when demand for content was exploding and streaming became the way to consume new content. But it's not the only streamer to launch or rebrand around that time, so competition is not easy. We can see that by looking at downloads, which started high at about a million point two and went down to just about at half month over month. Revenue, which I see as a true test, tells a different story, a better story. Since its launch, Peacock's revenue has grown by double digits month over month. And in May, net revenue from both iOS and Android users has reached 3.6 million, the most Peacock has ever earned in a single month. Why is this interesting? HBO Max and Disney+, Plus, two streamers I talk about often, manage to command the top charts, both by download, so we know there's interest, and revenue, so we know there's engagement. But that doesn't mean the streaming game is finished. Content is key, and one streamer can't have it all. The great unbundling of cable channels, as I called it, turning channels into apps, is happening right in front of our eyes. I think there's room for a new bundler, but in app format. And I have a feeling that role will be taken up by YouTube in the not-so-distant future. Just something to keep an eye on. I'm going to talk more about streamers in just a little bit. For now, let's talk about Instagram, or rather plants, or rather a combination. Have you ever looked at a flower and didn't know its name and were thinking, oh, I really need to know the name of this flower? I haven't, but... That's possible. Have you ever looked at a dying plant and wanted to know what's up and why it's dying? That I've done more than once. Well, there's an app for that. Picture This uses AI to identify plants from a picture. It can even tell you what's wrong with the plant from the same picture, which is pretty interesting. Now, totally sounds like a gimmick, right? So not necessarily a trend, not necessarily something big. Why am I even talking about it? Because I looked at its revenue based on our estimates, and I don't think it's a gimmick. There's something interesting going on here. It's one thing to get downloads with, uh, with paid ads for an app like this, 
something picture this does heavily. I've looked at our ad intelligence and we have more than 200 different creatives for it. And we can see that it's running across a variety of platforms. But turning those downloads into revenue is a bit more difficult because it requires that users actually see the value. So far this year, Picture This has earned nearly $14 million in net revenue in the US alone, according to our estimates. So you see why I'm talking about it? Most of that, about 9 million of that revenue was earned since April when Picture This started taking off. Is this really a trend? Well, AI for blank, you fill in the blank, is kind of becoming a catchphrase. So I wanna say, yes, this is a trend. We've seen a whole bunch of apps that use AI to do things normally that include pictures from changing faces, um, like the app we saw last week, to animating the dead, which we looked at a few months ago. And all of them went viral. They got to the top of the app store. We see it happening even more this year when compared to previous years. So yes, definitely a trend. And on top of that, there is revenue involved. So it's not just a matter of downloads going up and downloads going down, like we see a lot with hyper-casual games. So yes, definitely a trend in my opinion. And I bet you we'll see more of this. Speaking of trends, and speaking of seeing things, TikTok had its biggest month of revenue in the US in May. We estimate the video platform ended the month with $7.2 million of net revenue in the US App Store based on in-app purchases. That's quite a lot of money considering that in-app purchases aren't really TikTok's main source of revenue. Now, why am I only speaking about the App Store and not App Store and Google Play, which is what I do normally? That's because I want to compare that revenue to revenue in China, and there's no Google Play in China. In TikTok's home base, China, things look very different. And by different, I mean higher. Net revenue in China totaled $14.2 million in May, which is twice as much as TikTok earned in the US in the same month. And it wasn't even the biggest month for TikTok in China. That was in March. And that brought in $16.6 million in net revenue, according to our estimates. So far this year, TikTok has brought in just about $31 million in net revenue from the US App Store and $76 million from the China App Store. And remember, that's net, so that's after Apple took its cut. What's important here is that TikTok is big, and we know TikTok is making a lot of money, but that's not really it. TikTok's main revenue comes from ads. This is not ads. This is users paying creators, much like Twitch does, and we know that Twitch is doing really well. This is interesting to me because it means there's more engagement and the serious kind of, in, of engagement. It means that creators can monetize their presence on TikTok and it means that users want to see more content on TikTok. So it's turning into a platform where you can make money. And if you think about platforms where you can make money, you have Twitch on one side and Twitch is really successful. I've looked at Twitch a whole bunch of times over the last year and there is a lot of money there, but Twitch is kind of specific to games. It could evolve beyond that, but I think that's what people know it as, and that's the kind of audience that you can expect to find on Twitch. But on TikTok, that's not the case. TikTok is much more equivalent to maybe YouTube than it is to Twitch. And YouTube is the place where creators make money, so TikTok is going to become a pretty stiff competition for that. I know that YouTube is trying to make something similar to TikTok, but I don't think that's going to be the same. I don't think that's even going to be similar if you look at what happened with Instagram and with others who are trying to be TikTok at the TikTok game. So whatever happens will be interesting and I'm gonna keep an eye on it. Last but not least is a streamer. Last streamer for the week, I promise. If you look at the top chart in the US this morning, you'll see that there's one streamer up top. Now, it's not the streamer from last week, if you remember last week's episode, which also concluded with a streaming service. This week it's Paramount Plus. One of the latest entrants, I want to say, to the streaming grace uh, here in the U.S. 
the App Store is very responsive, and I really like that about it. So we can see what demand is like almost immediately. The charts update really, really quickly, and we track all that data. So if you look at the last 48 hours for Paramount Plus, we can see that it climbed from just about 103rd overall, so all apps and all games, um, on, from Wednesday, and it reached number one just a few hours ago. So there's a lot of demand happening for Paramount Plus. I can dig in deeper and I can look at whatever content they're putting out and why people are going all crazy about it, but that's not the point here. The point here is that content is still king. I mentioned content just a few minutes ago when we talked about Peacock, uh, but it's really the same thing again. So every time there's a piece of content that people really want, they'll go to the app, so they'll find it, and they'll download whatever app, whatever streamer, whatever they need to get it. And that kind of was the big question when you think about the unbundling, which I started talking about before. The question of, well, now people who are used to paying a single fee for a set of channels go and pay every different channel that now turned into an app, and will they follow the content and pay for it? Or will they follow just one or two streamers or three streamers, pay them, and kind of get used to whatever content they provide? And the answer is pretty obvious. They're going after the content. Content is king, and everyone's going to go after it. Is this going to continue like this? I Actually, for myself, I hope not. It's not ideal for users because it's just it's kind of chaos. There's so many different apps. Each one is charging differently. You have to pay for each one separately. It's not ideal at all. Is it really good for streamers? I think in the short run, because they're all making money, they're all seeing growth, and it seems very good on paper. In the long run, I don't think it's successful, and I don't think it's a good strategy, because some sort of a bundler will come, just in app format. I know that because Amazon tried to do that a few years ago. It didn't really take off, but you know, times were different, and things were different back then. So I bet you they'll do it again. My money's still on YouTube, personally, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be a completely third party who will do this. Maybe it'll be one of the existing streamers, someone like HBO Max. Um, I don't really see Disney, but who knows? It's something I'm keeping an eye on, and you can be sure you'll hear more about streaming in the future. And on that happy note, I will say happy Friday. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. If you do, please subscribe. And if you want to get any of these insights for your app, for a competitor, for anyone else, um, head on to appfigures.com slash intelligence where we make that available to everyone. See you again next week.